The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The disciples went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing the man and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed and kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once Jesus' fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. There are a few things coming up here at our parish in the next few weeks. First on Friday, Friday is the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord, where, where we celebrate uh, our, uh, the, the true presence of God in the temple there, the light of the world entering into our world there, starting from the temple and moving outwards. Um, and as part of that, one tradition is the blessing of candles. So we, we'll actually move that part to the following day because I know many work on Fridays. So on Saturday morning and the Mass, uh, during the Mass, there will be the blessing of the candles that we'll use here throughout the year uh, the vigil, for the vigil candles at the, at the back or the sanctuary lamp, the red candle here at the front, the candles used at the Easter vigil or for uh, baptisms. And if any of you ha- have candles that you use in your own private devotions, bring them to that Mass and we'll bless them here. That same day also happens to be, so that's Saturday, February 3rd, also happens to be the Feast of St. Blaise. And so we'll have the blessing of throats at the morning Mass and at the evening Mass. The following weekend, uh, we will observe the World Day of the Sick. And for that, we'll offer the sacrament of the anointing of the sick at every Mass uh, for Saturday evening and the Sunday Masses. So the anointing of the sick is for Catholics who are suffering because of some um, ailment that threatens life. So we don't offer that sacrament to someone with a cold or uh, a broken bone, but someone who is maybe has a diagnosis of cancer of any kind or someone who is facing some illness that threatens life. It doesn't have to be physical either. Um, Some addictions can be life-threatening if it's to certain substances or um, if, if control is really difficult there. Or even some other illnesses, sometimes uh, uh, some deep depressions can lead someone to some dark places and threaten life as well. We're not going to ask anyone to reveal anything, but anyone who is facing any kind of illness that threatens life will be invited to come forward and receive that sacrament. Together as a church, we will gather with those who need healing 
to pray with them and for them. We often, we are called regularly to offer the sacrament of the, of the anointing of the sick for people, usually in hospitals or long-term care homes or in people's homes. But we don't, and while we offer the prayers of the church, we don't often get together as church to do that. And so this is a time when we will do just that. Finally, that week after that is, um, will be Ash Wednesday. So we'll have two Masses on Ash Wednesday, that's on the 14th. And as it is um, also Valentine's Day, um, it's a day of fasting, we, uh, there's no going to the keg that night, uh, but we do have a young couple here who is hosting a date night for couples. Um, there, there's a sign-up at the entrance for that. For um, uh, It'll be a simple meal to, so that we can respect our call to fast and abstain while also observing that it, it is Valentine's Day. Now, for a few weeks, we've reflected on joy, and it all started with an examination of the happiness that we all search for. Everyone wants to be happy, and the quest for happiness, either for ourselves or for those we love, guides many of the decisions around how we use time, money, and effort. Happiness is a kind of well-being that comes through our mind. Sharing a meal with a friend, taking a vacation, or developing a new skill can bring happiness. Pleasure is a kind of well-being, too, that comes through our senses. Exercising, reading a book, or giving a friend a hug can bring pleasure. We can create happiness and pleasure for ourselves or for others fairly easily, but they have very real limits. Pleasure and happiness come and often end well before we would like them to. So it's completely possible to have all the pleasures and happiness of the world and still be left unsatisfied. Their desire for more than happiness and pleasure may be what drove the wise men to leave the comforts of their friends, homes, and families to search for a newborn king and strange land. And when they found the Savior they were looking for, they didn't just find happiness or pleasure, but we're told they were overwhelmed with joy. Joy is a third kind of well-being that comes through the soul. It's a gift that can't be bought or made, and because our souls are made for things eternal, joy can't be found in circumstances, but only in God. There is only one source of joy, And the gift we receive is to share in that joy. But accepting God's gift of joy doesn't come automatically. Only through guidance and growth could Samuel eventually open his heart to sharing God's gift of joy by truly responding, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Especially when it's difficult to find, our search for joy might start with admitting that the biggest obstacle to finding joy could be our own need for growth. Our Savior's invitation to share in his joy can be summarized in just, just a few words. Repent and believe in the good news. We often avoid using the word repent because of how some have used it to manipulate or to inspire guilt or shame. That's not what Jesus does, though. His invitation is for sinners and saints alike. The word repent can also be an invitation to share our thinking or our hearts. 
when bad news challenges hope or questions our worthiness, we come here to repent, to change and affirm our belief in, instead in the good news that there's every reason to hope because of our Father in heaven who loves us. Now, over the last couple of weeks, the scripture readings we've reflected on have also reminded us of the call disciples receive to follow Jesus. We heard about figures like Andrew and Peter, Samuel and Jonah, people called to drop whatever it was they were doing to follow our Lord. Of course, God has no need of our help, but his disciples are included in much of his work. In the gospel today, we were told about the man who Jesus freed from the unclean spirits. We were also told about the onlookers who were amazed by the power and teachings of Jesus. But at the beginning, we were also told how the disciples were with Jesus. The disciples didn't contribute to the miracle. Our Lord's actions and power were unaffected by their presence. But the gospel writer felt it important to mention their presence. Because when Jesus went about sharing the good news, his disciples followed, and when they shared in his work, they may not have found pleasure or happiness, but they did find joy. This is one more quality that sets joy apart from happiness and pleasure. It doesn't run out, but it only increases when it's shared. When we look at what gave Jesus joy, we find he's most joyful when he shares his joy with his followers. There is no fear of it running out. The good shepherd is joyful when he finds the missing sheep. The angels are joyful when they share good news with the shepherds. The father was full of joy when the prodigal son returned. The disciples were filled with joy when they saw how the good news they shared with others Change the world. There is joy in sharing the good news. <clears throat> Years ago, our bishop started a pastoral planning process, inviting us all to reflect on how our church in this part of Ontario can best share joy. We know we have good news to share, good news that offers a world, offers joy to a world often filled with bad news. But we also know we could be better at sharing that good news. After a couple years of deliberation and information gathering, six goals for this have been presented for us to consider. Over the last four months, a small team here has reflected on how we can best live out the first goal, to reach out and engage all people with the message of the gospel. I have a report to complete and send back to the bishop about this, um, but those recommendations in that plan will be shared with all of you. But on Thursday, we begin reflecting on the second goal, to be an inviting and welcoming church that fosters community. We're going to talk about the welcome we give to new prisoners because we know we can do better than simply handing newcomers a box of giving envelopes. We're going to talk about youth ministry, too, so we can have something amazing to offer youth and families for September, because it's a little embarrassing that we don't have a whole lot to offer right now. We'll discuss how we can support the elders of our parish, as well as the lay groups who serve here, like the Knights of Columbus, St. Vincent de Paul Food Bank, and the CWL. 
So you're all invited to the Columbus Hall on Thursday evening at 6.30 to talk about these things. There's no commitment to anything more than a discussion that will finish up in June. The objective for now is to create some recommendations along with a plan to carry those out. I think finding and sharing God's joy will take a plan. I have no doubt that the wise men had a plan before they set out in search of Jesus. God himself had a plan when he entered the world. Even a happy vacation takes planning. So I hope you might come and have your say in forming a plan to let everyone who joins us here know how they were made, not just for pleasure or for happiness, but for God's overwhelming joy. God of joy, though this world may offer many pleasures and happiness, its limits leave us unsatisfied. Through your Holy Spirit, may bad news never be cause for despair, but instead a reminder that we were made for the overwhelming joy promised by your Son, who gives his very life for all. In his name, we entrust all our prayers. Amen.